Welcome to the Mike Litton Experience Podcast. Mike has over 31 years experience in real estate, finance, and investing. He's passionate about being a father, a teacher, a realtor, an investor, and a leader. Everyone has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And now, introducing the host of the Mike Litton Experience, Mike Litton. So what can you expect from the Mike Litton Experience? You can expect stories that will inspire, motivate, advice that will sharpen your focus, and expert information on real estate, finance, and market conditions. Who is most influential? Um, most likely, I have to call my mom and my dad as most yeah. influential people, right? So yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. So, yeah. so you go to high school in Orlando. Which yep. high school did you go to? I went to Winter Springs in uh, Winter Springs High School, and it was just on the outskirts of Orlando. Gotcha. Did you play any sports? Yeah. Basketball all four years. I oh, was yeah? absolutely, absolutely obsessed with playing basketball. Basketball animal, huh? That's what my yeah. son did. My son played basketball full time all four years. He did was he? the MVP yeah, team, in fact. Yeah, that's cool. That's amazing. That's yeah, awesome. it's um, I I was uh, a little bit undersized going into the ninth grade. I was five six, ninety five pounds. So I was, uh, I was tiny, and at one point I grew about five inches. I think it was my sophomore year. So there you go. There you go. That's cool, yeah. man. Yeah. So, so growing up, going to school in, 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 in your high school, what was your favorite subject? Um, I mean, if you looked at my report cards, I had three or four PE classes. So I would, <laughs> I would say physical education. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed them all uh, to yeah. a degree, but, but definitely try to stack on those PE classes. Stay active. That's good for you. Yeah. That's a good so, thing. So you leave, yeah. you graduate from high school. Where do you go? So I actually spent a couple of years in community college. So I went to a little school uh, called Valencia. I like to call it the Harvard of community colleges uh, to make go. myself feel better. Yeah. <laughs> so, I went to community college too, man. I'm good. We're yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, I joked around and always told everyone it was the Harvard of community colleges, but I uh, went down there for a few years, uh, tried to figure out where I wanted to go and then actually ended up going to the University of Florida right Ooh. around that Tim Tebow era. Ooh, you're cool. a gator. That's a good a time to be there, man. It was incredible. Yeah. yeah. I love Tim, man. He's the he's the yeah. bomb. So he so is. you go to so you go to you go to University of Florida, you're a gator. What'd you major yep. in? So I majored in uh management, business management. Okay. And um, you know, decided didn't want to go the marketing route or the other, you know, finance route, but management seemed to fit me well. And it's, it's actually suited me well. I'm, I'm in management now. So that's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah. That's what I did, by the way, going to school, business, business management. So, yeah. so, you, so you graduate from, from Florida. Where do you go from yep. there? So actually my, my junior senior year, my older brother and I, and a couple of buddies started a um, concept of footwear, casual footwear concept. Right. Um, so we created sandals, boat shoes, camp mocks. Um, so we started this idea at the end of college for my senior year, started building it out. And then for three and a half years, post-college, we created a company called arcs outdoors, ARKS outdoors, um, where, we went around uh, the country selling casual footwear, which was which was pretty wild. That's cool. So how long did you do that? So uh, last year, I, I call it about four and a half years, including my um, 
my senior year of, of college. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, what was your yeah. favorite thing about that experience? Yeah, you know, I think the the idea, and we talk about it a little bit in the book as well, but the idea was, um, you know, we thought we were going to be the next Gary Vaynerchuk, right? We thought yeah. we were going to be the next big thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think God had some other plans for us, but we gave it we gave it our best bet. You know, we had about, at one point, about 150 stores across the country, small mom and pops that we sold to. Wow. And um, we, we had a good thing going, but as you can imagine, made every mistake in the book, being a young guy. You know, my older brother, who's only a couple years older, we, we just made a lot of tactical errors. Um, so these big dreams we had quickly kind of came crashing, you know, as our uh, as our concept decided we decided we need to shut it down. So well, you either succeed or you learn. Right. Yeah. So it was probably the best education you ever had. It really was. It was uh, it was a powerful time. It was a good time. Um, but, uh, you know, we we. I learned so much that has helped me to where, I, where I'm at today. I've learned so much grit. I learned a lot about business and, um, you know, it's, it's part of the reason I wrote the book, you know? Yeah. yeah. The, the book it's is awesome. awesome, dude. It is really awesome. So you, so Thanks. once you, once you leave arc and basically, like you said, shut it down, where do you go from there? Yeah. So my first job was with a fortune 500 company, big med device company. Um, I sat down with a bunch of mentors and was like, listen, you know, where do you think I should go from here? And I had a mentor named John um, that sat me down and was like, listen, man, you're good with people. You know, I really think you should get into medical device sales that could, that could really suit you. Well, you like to help other people, but um, you know, he kind of gave me real sp specific uh, advice. And, and I jumped into med device sales, um, for, for a couple of years at that point. Okay. So, yeah. So you're in med device sales for a couple of years, then where do you go? So, um, I've, I've actually, you know, I, I take that back. I'm still in med device. I've, I've Are stayed you? in med device. I was with my first company for about two and a half years as an associate. So the okay. first company I joined had a really good run with them. Um, but I, there was really nowhere where else to grow with that current company. And this guy okay. from from my church came to me and said, man, you really should check out this small med device Atlanta based company mm -hmm. um, named EndoChoice. Right. And and I jumped over um, from the company I was with prior to this small little little company called EndoChoice and um, had a great couple of years as an individual contributor. And uh, we were later acquired by the company I'm with now. And, and I've since become a manager. So that's awesome, dude. So yeah. what's your favorite thing about being a manager in med device sales? So a, you know, we're, we're selling stuff that's really impactful and advanced and, and really helps people's lives. So, yeah. you know, instead of selling things like I always joke around, it's, it's, more impactful than selling a pencil or an eraser, right? You right. know, something that really we see it um, in cases really change lives and, and save lives actually. And so number one is the patient. So helping them is really, really cool and fulfilling. Um, you know, you might have a tough day. You might get yelled at by an account or you might, um, things may not go your way from a business perspective, but you know what you're selling is impacting lives. And so, man, that's, that's something for me that really gives me fulfillment. Gotcha. That's cool. That's cool, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you write a book called yeah. Relentless Sales that is either just, it, it, it was just released or it's getting ready to be released? December 12th. So it's Okay. So it's currently, we're currently talking November 28th. So we're recording this November 28th of 2023. So it sounds yeah. like you're a couple of weeks away. Yep. 
Okay. All right. So why, what was it that inspired you to write a book and call it Relentless Sales? You know, um, so number one, I would say John Maxwell really kind of inspired me watching, you know, watching him write his books and speak on leadership. I'm a, I'm a book nerd. So number one, I'm, I, when I got into sales, I decided to consume every book I possibly can. Cause I didn't want to fail again. Right. So we sure. went from a failed venture to, um, you know, a couple years as an associate where it was real, there's a lot of adversity during that time. Mm -hmm. And then when I finally had my chance to be a full on territory manager with the small company I talked about, um, I went absolutely gangbusters. Right. Okay. So um, was, was rookie of the year and then rep of the year and then had the best two years combined. And I don't say that to be braggadocious. I just tell, I tell that story because when I finally had my chance to kind of prove myself, I, I wanted to be relentless. And so going back to your question, John Maxwell, uh, would always talk about being at conferences and people would come up to him and say, you know, I really want to write a book. And he would say, well, have, are you writing anything? You know, and they're like, well, no. And so he's like, he kind of took a shot that I took personal because I had a desire to write. Right. And he said, so, so many people want to write a book and all they do is talk about wanting to write a book. Right. Right. You know, true story. And for, yeah. Right. True story. And so, yeah. And, and I, I didn't want to be one of those guys that talked about wanting to write it. I wanted just to do it. Mm -hmm. And ultimately I did it from a heart of, I wanted to tell a little bit of my story, but I wanted to help that next generation of sellers avoid some of the mistakes that I made. Right. right. And I think why, why we landed on relentless sales is, is, you know, I, I may not be known as the smartest rep I, or, or manager, right. Or more, more strategic rep that, or manager, but you know, when it came down to it, no one was going to beat me by um, working harder than me. Right. And so as I flushed out my story, I think relentless, that word just really resonated with me and something I wanted to get out there to the world. Yeah, it's one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite terms in our business, right? It being in sales. It's one of my favorite yeah. terms. It's what I did. When I was when I was one of the top mortgage producers in the nation, mortgage originators in the nation, one of the things that was that was the big my big deal was I never let anybody outwork me. So if yep. a, if a rep was out in the field a couple of days a week, I was out in the field six days a week, right? Yeah. If they were out in the yeah. field four days a week, I was out in the field eight days a week, right? And if you think there are right. eight days in a week, you should come hang out with me, right? <laughs> there were people, there were people yeah. that are in our industry, had been in our industry for 10, 15 years, and they wanted to make what I was making. And so they would come hang out with me and they'd shadow me, right? For a day. Yeah. One day. And right. at the end of the it's day, the they'd look at me and go, you're out of your mind. I could never do this. Well, here's yeah. the thing. I was the top producer in some of these companies by 70%. And all of them, every single person that, hey, Mike, you got a minute. Hey, Mike, you got a minute. Hey, Mike, you got a minute. It was all about, there's a secret to this that I've discovered, apparently, that I'm supposed to share with them so they don't have to work so hard to achieve the success that I achieved. What? Right. What? Okay. Right. Seriously, it's all about bringing it, baby. You got yes. to flip and bring it, okay? And yes. that's what I yes. loved about your book. I literally saw myself, I'm not joking, in a whole bunch of your book. And you got my yeah. response after I read it, how excited I was to do this. I mean, I'm not sleeping at night. I was so excited, right? Because wow. it really is something, I'm telling you, John, you're onto something here. 
you're going to help so many people that read this book. There are going to be people that are going to read this and they're going to get into sales because they've read this book. I'm not joking. Yeah. And if a sales manager is, if a sales manager has their wits about them, if they're worth anything, they'll buy a bunch of these and get them to their people. Right. Okay? Because that's exactly the quality of what you bring. You filled in a bunch of the potholes that I've seen in sales over the years. And I've been wanting to, you know, when you're in sales and you're good at it and you watch somebody be not so good at it, you want to grab them by the nape of the neck and go, okay, listen to me for a second. I've been right. here, I've done this. I need you to listen, right? It We don't always have the time or should do that necessarily, right? But you want to. And right. that's what this book does. Right. That's what this wow. book does, man. You did thanks, a great man. You're, job. You're, I'm super you're proud firing of you. You're firing me up. Yeah, I'm super proud so of much. you, dude. Yeah, so yeah. let's talk about let's talk about the chapters, if that's okay. We're going to go through let's them just it. real quick, okay? I yep. know that one of the biggest things in my life, and I mentioned this to you before we hit record, one of the biggest things in my life has been people that have come along and as mentors, and they've paid it yeah. forward, right? They took yeah. 20 minutes with me, 30 minutes with me. One guy took days, okay, that he didn't have. But he took them anyway, and he and he and he poured into me and helped me a ton. Um, talk about mentors for a second. Yeah, I start chapter one with mentors, and and thanks again for your kind words, man. That that really means a lot to me. Um, you know, meeting guys like you for for crying out loud, um, people that care to develop and 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 pour into your life mean everything. And so chapter one, we we start with a, a guy named John who uh, was in my dad's church growing up very successful one of the one of the biggest uh sales a uh, private sales in in Florida history right was his his company that he sold and the fact that this high roller would take time with me and sit me down and understand my strengths weaknesses um really guide me at a time when I'm just coming off a failed venture mm -hmm. meant everything to me and so um I think mentors are that's why I start with chapter one I think most people are like thinking skills and techniques but I'm starting with building the right foundation in sales where we go mentors. We'll talk about other, other chapters, identity going all out, but mm -hmm. going back to mentors, if you don't start with a good base of advisors and in, in sales, you're really setting yourself up potentially for failure. Yeah. It's who you surround yourself with. Right. So yeah. I was, I was doing a podcast interview this morning for this podcast and I was, and I met with a gentleman that I'm super proud of. I'm, I was, I was explaining to him why, right. And one of the things that we talked about was I did another interview for our podcast with a guy that's really successful here in San Diego, one of the nicest people, John, you'd ever meet in your life. And he, uh -huh. Tony Robbins, like a, like a business reef, you know, formation or, or a business. Um, um, I forget what it was called, but it was like, it was like, it was like the power within, but it was, or day with destiny or whatever, but it was for business. Right. And yep. One of the things, the one thing that he took away from it that was most important to him was, was getting around people that were more successful than him, okay? It's who you surround yourself with. So he goes out and he joins the university club here in San Diego, and he's hanging out with a bunch of these guys that are worth 100, 200, 300, 400 million dollars, right? And he's hanging out wow. with them, and they're all sitting around, and, and, the, and the subject of bankruptcy comes up. And they're talking about it like, oh, yeah, I've been bankrupt a couple of times and I've been bankrupt four times. And I've been, how, hey, hey, Joe, how long, how, how many times have you been bankrupt? Right. They're going around comparing notes and they get around right. to him and he's like, I've never been bankrupt before. And they all started laughing. 
Right. They literally looked at him and they said, if you haven't been bankrupt before, you haven't been trying hard enough, son. Yeah. You pick up your game. Yeah. Right? That's mentoring. 100%. That's mentoring 101 right there. Right. Yep. This is how you do it. This is what you have to do. And this is the level you need to raise your game to. Right. 100%. Cool 100%. Stuff, You're spot on. Yeah. Talk about identity for a second. So identity, um, I, I think that's, you know, part of what's challenging with our world right now, right? We, you know, as a society, we struggle with our identity, but as salespeople, we are, um, you know, we are so, it's such a numbers industry that we often find and identify ourselves as how good we're doing in the business, right? right. And it is a pitfall that we've got to be careful of. And, and so, you know, we should be excellent. I talk about uh, a time when I was actually going for rep of the year. Um, and my dad kind of lovingly called me out. He's like, Hey man, like I kind of see your priorities are a little out of whack. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, yes, you should be hunting greatness. You should be going and being and trying to be excellent. But he's like, son, you got to remember, like, if you get that or you don't get that goal, it doesn't change who you are. You know, you're an Alwinson, right? You're my son. Mm -hmm. um, you've got what it takes and you're, you're a son of the most high God. And, and mm -hmm. so your identity doesn't change. And he said a phrase that really stuck with me and I wanted to share with the world is live from your identity, not for your identity. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was game changing because it freed me up mm -hmm. to, to sell authentically, to go mm -hmm. all out. And, um, and just kind of let the chips fall where they may, but to, to, when, when your identity is on a rock salad foundation, you can't go wrong. Yeah. We, we confuse it. We confuse we it and we let the world tell us who we are. That's what I love the most about this book is this yeah. chapter because your dad stepping in and having that conversation with you was a real flashpoint for you. Right. It was. And it's a real flashpoint for a lot of us. I, I experienced it. I got to that point one time at, at, at one point, right? Where, you know, I'm working 90 hours a week, right? And I'm all about the numbers and I'm all about the numbers and I'm all about the numbers. And all of a sudden it dawns on me. And actually it took a, it took somebody who is much older than me and didn't happen to be a family member, but somebody who's much older than me that pulled me yeah. aside and said, look, your quality, okay? What you're bringing every day and in terms of looking out for other people and taking great care of them, that's why we do business with you. We don't do business with you because you do the most numbers of anybody else. We do business right. with you because you care more. Right. And it was like, all of a sudden, it the light went on, right? And it was like, yeah, okay. But man, the world can just, because, you know, you know this, you go and you sit and you talk about, Who's, who's produced the most? Who's second? Who's third? Who's fourth, right? And I tell people all the time, be careful, be careful of the power of envy because the power of envy will seep into your life, okay? And it'll try to change who you are. Right. It'll try Instead of motivate, motivating you the right way for the right reasons, okay? The right reasons aren't numbers, Right. Yeah, they're right. a motivator. Yeah, it's something you can you can aspire to, but it can't change who you are. And that's right. what I the most about your book. It's literally, it's all through here. It's all through your yeah. book. You know what I mean? It's all interwoven in there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And and yeah, that that's something that people have to understand. And and we 
when, when you're stack ranked with numbers every single day and you say there's 400 people in your organization and you're, you know, you see number one all the way down to 400 and maybe you're somewhere in the pack. You might just think that you're and, and what it does, Mike, is it takes your mind and your focus off what you should be doing. Right. Exactly. And you, 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 you start missing the fundamentals. You start worrying about others. You start envying all the things you just laid out. And instead of playing your game and, and as God's kids, like we should just go all out. We should uh, live from our identity, not for our identity. Right. And, and right. give it our best. Right. And that's, I think that's true success. That's part yeah. of true success. Well, I shared, I shared with a buddy of mine who's now a sales manager. Okay. He used to be in production. Um, I just, I just shared with him the other day. Look, instead of sitting down, and going over your numbers and ranking everybody and show, you know, and, and, and making people feel, you know, however they feel about their numbers, right? What you need to be doing is asking them, who did you take great care of this week? Give yeah. me an example of somebody you went above and beyond for. Okay. I interviewed a coach. We have a, a my kid went, my kids went to a high school out here, Escondido Charter High School in Escondido. It's a tiny, yeah. school, tiny school. Uh, but their but their marks, their um, state their state standardized test testing scores are number two uh -huh. in the entire county. Wow. Okay, and they're a public school, dude. You're not they're not a private school, public school. Okay. Yep. And I interviewed the mentor. I interviewed the founder of this charter school. Okay, and my kids went to school there. I also interviewed their football coach. I've been the voice. The guy up in the press box with the with the microphone. You saw my photo, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. That was me in the press box earlier this season, doing the play-by-play cool. -play for the football team. I'm going on my. I'm, I just finished my 11th season with them. Amazing. When I started, we lost nearly every game, 55 to nothing. Okay. We were terrible. Okay. A few years ago, four years, five years ago, five years ago, they went out and and secured a coach who happened to teach, who happened to coach football for the rival across, and he doesn't even like this term rival, but the 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 competitor, the other charter school across across town, same town. Okay. Across town, yep. okay? They went out and secured him and he came to charter. And part of the reason he came to charter was because he wanted a ministry. He wanted an opportunity to pour right. into his players. And he did. And what's interesting about it is the quality of your manager, the quality of your coach is big, huge, okay? Within yep. the first year he was with us, we won three games. You'd have thought we won the Super Bowl, huh? okay? Because there hadn't been a season where we won three games. Yeah. The next season, we won the entire Pacific League Championship, and we won the Pacific League Championship three years in a row. Wow. Okay? What a completely different deal, okay? Yeah. Here's what's interesting. We interviewed him, his his interviews on our podcast. We interviewed him where he came from was a five-time CIF championship football team at a high school right up the hill from us. Okay. Yeah. Public school, not a charter school, not nearly the 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 level of education, but quality, quality football. And yeah. they were all about winning. They were not about the athlete, they were all about winning. He right. got to a point to where he had a crisis of conscience. Now he teaches from the, from the inside out, right? So he yeah, cares yeah. about the kids. He pours into the kids and man, do they respond. Yeah. Okay. It's a completely so different approach from 
the way sales has been taught and managed all these years to what right. you're teaching and what you're writing about. Right. These sales managers need to be sitting down with these with these with these salespeople and they need to be saying to them, look, talk to me about when you went above and beyond this week. Give me examples of where you took excellent care of somebody. Yeah. Because that's what we need to keep them focused on so they don't lose their identity. Man, I'll give you a quick example. One of my one of my reps, I just uh, I so I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and drove about three and a half hours to Huntsville, Alabama, the other day to meet with my rep for a field ride. And we went in with getting a uh, partnership deal re-signed with this group, and and we went in and quickly found out that um, the 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 lead administrator is going through a divorce, and it was not it was not the time, right? And so from emotional perspective, like my rep kind of nodded at me and I nodded at him and we just punted our desire, right? We knew um, that at that time, it was not the appropriate time to push what we wanted to to move forward, right? And we needed to cater to that individual's needs. And, right. and you know, my rep, I think he even did said a prayer for her, right? You know, and so um, it's it's things like that that make all the difference in the world and your customers, when, when you, when you truly put them first, they see it, they feel it. And, you know, it, it's, it's the winning formula. And I, I want reps, despite all the pressure we feel to, to really live the right way in, in their daily activities, you yeah. know? And if they, if they stay centered, if they stay within themselves, within what they're all about and what their mission is, right. Right. Not the sales part their personal mission and it's yeah. the relationship, dude, you know, this it's the relationship Everything. that woman yep. will never forget that. Never. She'll never forget it. And there are times like coach was telling us in the, in the interview, there are times when a kid will show up late to practice. Well, they have a zero right. tolerance policy. You can't be late for practice. Right. Yeah. But they'll pull them aside and they'll say, okay, what's going on? What, what happened? How was it that you were late to practice? Right. And they'll try and find out what it was that was going on. And they'll find out that mom was sick and, you know, there wasn't any way to get a ride and he had to take the bus instead of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they'll figure out what's going on. And then all of a sudden they'll show up with chicken soup for mom huh. as a team. It's amazing. Dude, there is no He's better way, the right to way. There is no better no. way to manage. You know what yeah. I mean? So anyway, that's yep. what I love about your book. It's permeated throughout the entire book. So going all out, let's talk about that for a yeah. second. Yeah. So I talked about my story, right? So mm -hmm. from a failed venture to, a, you know, adversity as an associate, right? With my first med device company, where there were days where I would be grabbing dinner with my wife at working all day on a Monday, coming home 6, 6.30 at night and get a call and say, hey, man, we need you to fly to Miami in the morning. You have a case starting at 7 a.m. Right. And so I would literally have to drop what I was doing, tell my wife like, hey, this is part of the duty. And and so so going from working, giving everything I had in my my company uh, associate to finally call it five and a half, six years later, um, finally getting my shot to be a rep. I quickly knew that, you know, I needed to go all out and improve that I had what it takes. And so um what I tell reps is, is after the end of those two years of being rookie of the year and then rep of the year and the best two years combined, we were, we were then acquired by a big organization. And so your next year in sales is never promised to anybody. And so, especially when you're new to an organization, my advice is to go all out 
prove yourself, right? And sometimes you have to kind of stretch the personal life and, you know, maybe give up some of those personal activities that you want. Um, it's not forever, right? Mm -hmm. But I do think those first couple years when you're with a new organization are pivotal. And if you go all out, you know, it usually pays off. Um, you know, you can kind of start getting to a more balanced work life later on. Yeah, balance is kind of an illusion. That's it is. Right? So one of the things that I found, and and this is just from personal experience, but I've been married 29 years, right? And every time I had to get really imbalanced, I would sit with her first and say, look, you're not going to see me much, okay? The next three months, it's going to be nuts, okay? I don't know when I'm going to be home. I don't know when I'm, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be here for dinner, that kind of thing, right? Just try and work with me. Here's what we're trying to accomplish, right? Yeah. And as long as she was in there, as long as she was in with me, we were good. It was the yeah. times when I didn't have her buy-in that that's when this happens, right? And too many of us in, in committed relationships don't take the time to get buy-in. Right. So I sat with a guy the other day for our podcast, and he's created an incredibly successful company that's that's expanding massively right now. And one of the things that he's dealing with is his kids are starting to get older. And so they're starting to ask him, dad, why are you gone so much? Dad, these Mm -hmm. other dads, right? These other dads are not gone as much as you are. Dad, 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 right? And he's like, dude, he's starting to feel that guilt. Okay. Yeah. And what what happened was I sat with him and I said, look, my kids are 23 and 25, right? But I said, listen, I used to sit with my kids and I would get buy-in from them too, right? So when they were at something where dad couldn't be there because I had to be in Austin, Texas, or I had to be in, you know, wherever, right? Seattle, wherever, they would say, dad is building a future for us. Wow. Instead of, yeah, you know, dad's never here. Dad's never around. Da, 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 da. Dad's out actively building a future for us. Love that. Completely Love that. different deal. And it felt different for them because they felt like they were a part of it. Right. They felt like they were one of the part of the cogs in the wheel, so to speak. So, yeah. That's good. Confidence. That's really, Let's talk really about good. confidence for a second. Yeah. Something so, so tremendously, by the way, can you tell? No, you're, you're full of confidence. You have the appropriate level of confidence, Mike. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I think, I think confidence is one of those things. Cause I've, I've lived on both sides of that confidence continuum, right? I've, I've had too little and I've had too much. Um, and, and so the story that I kick off was my, the story of Justin, one of my first really uh, good managers that I've ever had. And Justin, you know, would, would preach confidence to us, like believe in yourself, right? He was a guy at that time, I had the appropriate level of skills, but I needed someone to believe in me. And he was that guy mm-hmm. and he believed in me. There were times where he would brag me, bra- brag to me to the CEO, to the CFO, co-founder and team. And he would always sing my praises and build confidence. And I think that's one of the best things we can do into, uh, and I, I, I really want the readers to hear is like, believe in yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Most of the time, that's all we need to hear. In sales, we get beat up all the time. We get told no and I call it getting kicked in the teeth, right? Like we get kicked in the teeth all the time. Yep. And I want them to know they, they they just need to have some confidence and believe in their, their God-given ability. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And I love this chapter. So the next one I'm all about, as you can tell probably, right? Relationships are absolutely yeah. everything. Talk about that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I talk about Big Jim from uh, my church in Orlando, Florida and um, growing up and Big Jim would always be sitting in the back. And after church was over, I'd see his big smile and he'd he'd pull me in for a big, you know, dude hug. Right. And he'd always crack a joke or tell me a funny story. And and what I week after week watching Jim, who's now very successful in the Lake Nona area of of Orlando, um, you know, watching him, I was, that's a guy I can model my career after. Right. And that's how we should, it's like seeing your best friend for the first time. When we walk into customer accounts and, and, and don't act like traditional reps and maybe say, what's up. Right. And bring someone in and bring that warmth that big Jim showed me. I think a lot of times reps just need to kind of loosen up a little bit, stay professional, but loosen up and be kind of like big Jim. And I kind of outlined some of those things in that chapter. Yeah. And you, you know, humor helps too. Right. But you want to yeah. get to a point to where, like I wrote a, I wrote a training called, um, called power connections. Right. Because one yeah. of the things that frustrates me the most about realtors, what I do for a living, right. Is yeah. they stay here. They stay here because this is safe. This is politically correct. This is, you know, they're going to tell you what you, th what they think you want to hear. And I'm talking about prospects, right. right? You, when you start to dig and you start to get, you'll get to where the pain is. The pain is something that they want to try to avoid getting to. You can't, you cannot avoid it. You've yeah. got to be able to care enough to ask. People are dying to tell you, you just have to care enough to ask. And if you care enough to yeah. ask and keep asking, right. And keep digging and keep, right. You'll get there. Right. It's, it's literally covered with just layers and layers of political correctness. Right. Yep. But yep. eventually you got to get through those layers. You got to peel them back like an onion. Right. So um, and if you can do that, that's where you develop relationships that will last the rest of your life. Those people so won't true. work with anybody else because they've now confided in you. They've now right. shared with you their deepest, darkest issues. Right. And right. it's a big, big thing when it comes to bonding with people. So. Yeah. And, and give sincere compliments, right? I think yeah. in the book, How to Win Friends, Influence People, I think that's one of my favorite books outside of, of, you know, the Bible and a few others is like, man, you know, giving a sincere, genuine compliment. And I talk about that in this chapter, you know, when it's from the heart, right? And you you call it out, it can make all the difference. And I talk about a deal situation in there with a with a administrator named Linda that I complimented because it was genuine and I didn't do it from impure motives. I did it from pure motives and it let it led to lasting business and partnership. Right. No, and so I've given people compliments before and they started crying on me. And some of them were yeah. grown men. Okay. Everybody needs a friend. Needed, they just needed somebody to be kind at that moment. Yeah. That's right. They just needed somebody to point something out that was genuine, that was authentic, that was real. Yeah, it's a big deal, man. So That's let's awesome. talk about developing an elite, an, pardon me, let's talk about developing an elite sales process. Yeah, well, you said you said the magic word pain a second ago, right? And I think as salespeople, our job is to provide value, right? And to help our customers, right? So yeah. if you're not with a company that um, has products, services, solutions that actually mean anything to you, you should probably look for another job, right? Yeah. Um, so what's cool is I love the company I work for now and 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 developing an elite sales process is key. And I talk about um, an, an outline process that, uh, that a guy named Todd Zog out of um, Tennessee created with his matrix solution. He gave me permission to use it. And when I found his sales process, I, I realized that is 
that is it, right? For me, you've got to have, I look at it as, as, as having good shooting form in basketball, right? Or if you're a good wrestler, good foundation in wrestling or whatever your sport or activity is, if you don't have a good sales process, you uh, are missing the boat. And, and one of the biggest things that I look for, obviously you, you doing pre-call plan, right? Approaching the customer with rapport, kind of like, um, you know, we talked about big Jim a minute ago, right? Genuine rapport. Um, so after you uh, do your pre-call plan on your account, approach the customer, identify pain is really the important thing. Um, pain is the only thing that gets anyone to move in life. Sure. Um, and, and, and you've got to kind of sit in the pocket when it comes to pain. Right. And, and, and let, let that play out. Try to understand, don't assume, you know, what your customer's pain is, even though you probably have happy ears as a salesperson or are thinking, you know, understand the pain, ask more questions. And then there's a few other points that I give and, um, you know, demonstrating value, advancing the deal and close and follow up. Right. So I could, I could write that on the back of a napkin. And in, in my opinion, you don't have to have the exact same sales process but you should know your sales process so well that you could flip over a napkin and quickly bullet point it out. And I think the the new generation of sellers need to, to kind of go old school with that, mm-hmm. not be, not be robotic with it, but to be sound with their, with their sales process. So no matter where they are in, in the game of sales, they know kind of what stage they are in the process. Does that make right. sense? It to- makes total sense. And, you know, I think, I think if you, and again, I'm, this is just my opinion. Okay. But yeah, if you're really good at identifying need, if you're really good at finding that pain, the rest of it takes care of itself, right? Because right. you're literally sitting with somebody and going, look, I see where the speed bump is here. How can I help you get past it? How can I, with my product, how can I help you get to where we need to be? Right. Yeah. A lot of times, if you frame it the right way, they'll literally give you the solution you don't have to come up with a solution. You just ask. You just right. ask, right? Right. I spent over an hour on the phone with a guy the other day, completely by accident. I was looking for a property for my client to, to move into as a rental. So I called on a sign that was in his front yard of his house that was a for rent sign. I spent over an hour on the phone with him and he asked me, I don't know how many questions in that hour, almost all of them were about parenting. Huh. I have a 23 and 25 year old. He had an 11, 13, and 15-year-old. We went through the entire hour, and he literally says to me probably 18 times in that hour how brilliant it was the way I raised my children because I used the Socratic method, right? And he asked me, he said, so what did you say when they said this? I said, well, I didn't say anything. I just asked them, right? I pulled it out, Okay. He's like, oh, that's brilliant. My goodness, give me an example. So he's literally writing down these questions that I would ask my kids, okay? That's so good. At the end of it, I find out that he's the chief of staff of one of the biggest hospitals in San Diego County. Wow. True story. He's coming on the podcast, the whole thing. He wants me to come talk to his people, the whole thing. Yeah, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's great. And it's literally just getting in 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 the mode, right? of staying in curiosity. You stay in curiosity and you stay out of judgment. I would ask questions, quite honestly, John, I will ask people questions that most people, if they prejudge those questions, would never ask. Right. They'd never ask. But I ask them because I know where I'm headed, right? I know where I'm trying to, you know, what I'm trying to find out. 
and what this looks like, what this process looks like. And I know yeah. what my end result is, right? My end result right. is I'm trying to find whatever that pain is, mm -hmm. okay? And every time my kids got upset, every time they tried to get into an argument, I would bring them in and I'd sit them down. Like, what's your job? Be nice. Great. Is what you just did to your sister or your brother an example of being yes. nice? What should you do? Not do it again? What else? Say I'm sorry, right? I didn't Love say it. anything. I just asked them. Right. Right. They had to answer the question. What I found out, John, was later on in life, they got really good at resolving conflict. And not just with yeah. their sister or their brother. Right. Okay. Because we asked them questions. We pulled it out of them. Okay. Anytime you're trying to get to somebody's somebody's need and somebody's pain, just ask questions. Just hundred percent. Right. hundred percent. I've I've coached some talented people and and you know some of the most talented people need that reminder, mm -hmm. right? They they've heard so many of the same situations that they jump to conclusions, right? And it's just kind of staying in that kind of listening pocket that you just kind of outlined and don't assume you know anything because there are nuggets that you'll find out if you just continue to um, play dumb. We joke around and I, I say, you know, I ask a lot of questions because I'm not the smartest guy in the room, right? Like right. I want to. So that that's actually helped me be good at sales because I don't know the answer and I don't assume I know the answer. So I'll ask those basic questions and, Two ears, and one mouth, baby, two ears, one it. mouth, right? I had yep. my kids a few years ago, they graduated college, both of them. And they were starting their first, first jobs out of college. I said, I need you to print this up, stay in curiosity, stay out of judgment and put it up in front of your, the wall where you work. So you look at it every day while you're working. Stay in curiosity, stay out of judgment. It's incredibly important. Love that. That All is right. so, so good. Organize uh, first, then take massive action. Yeah. And so there, there's a couple of really cool resources at johnowenson.com. Um, just got the website up and running. Um, one of which I call our zone territory sheet, right? And so um, one of the things I think, you know, these phones are a trap, right? These iPhones, we have social media on them. You can quickly get distracted with, with cell phones. So what I do is I teach and I show um, an organized document called the zone territory sheet to where you can geographically organize your territory from top to bottom. So if you're in the Northeast part of your territory, I recommend clumping your accounts in that section together, call it middle of your territory in another zone, South, Southeast, Southwest, right? And basically set up your territory in such a way to when you go work an area, you know, you're defined customers in that market, right? right? And I think that discipline and this, this has everything from account number, account name, their spin last year versus this year, right? New, new areas of opportunity together. It outlines everything and it keeps you away from the cell phone, and, you know, why CRMs um, are important, this is kind of a document that that should be kind of living shotgun right next to you in the car to where you can, you know, you can ride on it, you can have coffee stains on it all week, and then you can continue to update on your own. So I've, it's, it's helped me be successful. I hope it can help other people as well. So that's one of many things I have there. Yeah. So one of the things that I found incredibly important in the, in the, in the teaching that I've done about sales is when yeah. you're doing a prospect, you need to be taking notes. Seriously, because when they're yeah. talking to you and they're telling you the answers to the questions that you just asked them, you're validating them by writing it down. Okay. So good. There's too many people that sit there 
with their hands idle and they don't do anything while somebody's answering their questions. Okay. Those people watch that, man. They clue into that. If you're yep. sitting there taking notes, you're validating what they just said. Yep. Okay? And you might even, if you're slow at writing like I am, you and slow at thinking like I am sometimes, right? You might even go, hold on, hold on. Don't say that so fast. What was it? Hold on just a second. Let me make, let me get this right. Okay. Yeah. And it's literally, they just, it helps them to understand how much you care. People will forget what you did for a living, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. 100%. Ever, right? 100%. Okay. So let's talk about owning the mental game. This is big, by the way. This was one of the biggest chapters in this book by far, by far, bar none. Yeah, yeah. I think in in sales, we get beat up so much. We talked about this earlier. We get kicked in the teeth, right? That sounds really harsh, but you know, we'll get 10 no's in one day. And yeah. for many people that breaks us, right? Yeah. And so for me, um, I refuse to to be broken, right? Mm -hmm. And and so, and I want, I want to build in people the relentless mindset. That's why we titled it relentless, right? Mm -hmm. And so conquering, handling no, conquering um, you know, objections. I I've found people like David Goggins, who's mm -hmm. who's a guy who's a very hardcore, you know, he's a West Coast guy, right? Yeah. Um, who um has accomplished all kinds of things. He has the the concept of the cookie jar, mm -hmm. right? Where you put you you put your wins in that jar. And then when, when life gets tough, you pull those wins out and you read them to yourself, right? And you don't allow yourself to be broken by hardship. And so I feel like so many good reps will throw in the towel too early. And this chapter kind of gives some ideas such as like the cookie jar that Goggins talks about mm -hmm. and, and staying mentally tough. Yeah. So there's a, there's a part of your brain that's called the amygdala. And it's and Chris Voss covers it in Never Split the Difference, right? Yeah. The amygdala is designed, it's like your fight or flight mechanism in your brain. Okay. And it's designed to preserve you, it's designed to protect you. And yep. Goggins is one of those guys that has he and Tony Robbins, right? So it's a muscle. It's a muscle. Okay. The amygdala is designed to protect you. And so it will give you all kinds of things in your mind. It'll start a conversation in your mind about why you shouldn't go outside. It'll start a conversation in your mind as to why you shouldn't go on that sales call. It'll start a conversation, right? It'll, that kind of thing. What Goggins talks about is when that happens, that's a clue for him. He immediately yep. cues off of that, right? Yep. And, and it makes him go. Because you can't let the amygdala control you. You have to control it. What Tony yep. Robbins talks about is he does a cold plunge every morning, first thing. It's And he does it to control his amygdala. His amygdala is telling him, oh, no, no, it's too cold to even get up this morning. It's too cold to get out of bed. It's too cold to go outside. It's too cold to get in the cold plunge. No, 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 yep. no, 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 right? But what Tony's saying is, listen, amygdala, when I say go, we're going, period. Okay. That's yep. what the people who are the absolute top performers in the world, if you break it down, they have complete control of that, of that, of that part of their brain. hundred percent. And, and they create those systems. Trigger. Yeah. It's their right. Trigger. They create those, they, they create those systems of putting, building that muscle yeah. going through hardship, right. To control that. So you're, yeah. you're spot on. Yeah. And, it's an absolute and muscle. I, and I, 100%.
hundred percent. So like we have to do that in sales. We have to, we have to control the mental side of the game. That's why, that's why I love this chapter so much. And then I get to the next chapter, which I love even more called conquering fear. Yeah. So I was actually, uh, so a buddy of mine who actually competed in MMA, he's a real tough jujitsu guy. He texts me and goes, dude, I'm not much of a reader, but this was the best chapter. Right. And, and conquering fear. And this is coming from the toughest of tough dude, right. Who is in the UFC, all these things. Right. So, um, so he texts me and, and, and this really, what I outline in that is things like memorizing. This doesn't sound tough, but memorizing scripture, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that's a very important thing when you're told no 10 times in one day, you know, and, and you repeat, Hey, God's not giving me a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Like, I think that's tough personally. Right. And I think, I think that different, that, that makes me stay relentless yep. when I think other people will wilt, quit, you know, wallow in self pity. Right. I'm like, ah, uh -uh, God's giving me a spirit of, of power. Right. I'm not, I'm not wimping out here. So, you know, memorizing scripture, I think I talk about um, the next play mentality, right. There's times where I created systems in my sales game where, you know, at eight o'clock in the morning, if I was listening to a podcast like yours, Mike, or someone else's, and I wanted to keep listening, I would turn it off when it hit 8 a.m. because I knew that was go time. And there were so many times where I was like, gosh, I want to keep listening, right? But I knew if I felt that way, there are going to be weaker reps that will keep listening, right? And waste another hour when I needed to take And I'll action. be ahead of them. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that next play mentality, you know, those early morning calls when I fumbled my words or made a mistake, there were calls where I would literally get off the phone and just laugh. Yeah. And, and I have to tell myself, all right, next play. Yeah. It's all you can you know, do. And you've got to have that next play mentality, right? Otherwise you kind of wallow, you weaken and wilt, you know? Yeah. So if God is with us, no man is no man can right. So it's a big yep. deal. And it's a it's a big deal for people to do what we do for a living. Being in sales, conquering fear is a huge, huge deal. Huge yeah. Deal. It's a great chapter. There's a lot more to to discuss in that chapter, but yeah. Yeah, we could be here for three days, but so I know, man. The, the skills of great salespeople. This is a really good book. I'm not joking. I'm very proud of you. You did a great job. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. So the skills of great salespeople, you know, I, I kind of took a different approach here. I mean, you know, we, we all know those certain reps that have that natural charisma or are just really smart, intuitive. Um, I took a different approach here. Um, I'll give you three things. So listen deeply. You you nailed it earlier. You said two ears and, and one mouth for a reason, right? There's so many reps that when they're in these sales situations, start blabbering, right? Mm -hmm. And are too talkative. And sometimes sometimes the more intellectual and reserve reps are actually the better reps because um, they listen deeply. Mm -hmm. So um, so listen deeply. Um, some other things that that we um, you know we talk about is like don't assume you know, right? We, we, we touched on that earlier on the call, but there are so many situations where we think we know the answer and we really don't. Yeah. So, Stay humble, right? Stay, stay humble. In curiosity. Stay in curiosity. Yeah. And um, and, and so those those are the two that I think really we should we we should talk to, we should just highlight now. But that's a great chapter. Um again, we could go so many different directions with that one. There's a lot in it. It's true. There's a lot in all in this entire book, man. So daily habits yeah. to win. 
Yeah. So I really recommend having a morning routine and write it down. I have, I have my structure. I have my, my daily wins that I need to accomplish each day. But part of that is waking up early. I feel like those early, early risers are set up for a little bit more success, right? If you don't wake up on time, you're kind of dragging that day and you're behind. Um, for me, it's waking up, having coffee, having water, spending time in, uh, in, in the word, right. Meditating, reading. And then I get my mind right and my heart right for the day. And then I'm, I'm ready to, to take it on. Right. And so that's, that's part of my setup. And then, um, you know, getting some physical activity too is really a game changer. You know, this, um, you know, waking up, going for a run or like Tony Robbins going for a cold plunge. Um, I'm not quite at Tony's level where I've dabbled in the cold plunge stuff. I, uh, I'm not hardcore like him yet, but maybe one day I'll, I'll, I'll be cold plunging, but you know, getting on the bike or going for a run and what I do. I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to get up to his level, man. Seriously. Man. So, uh, so, you know, I think, I think the morning routine is so unbelievably important. And I'm, yes. I think the biggest part of it for me is, is getting physical, right? It could yeah. be pushups. It could be sit-ups. Yeah. It could be air squats. It could be whatever, right? but it's getting your blood pumping. Okay. Because you've, you've been sedentary for such a long time sleeping. There's a point where you've got to get your body to a place to where your body's in a peak state. You're not going to get in a peak state by waking up and just having water or having coffee. I mean, coffee helps me, but you know what I mean? Right. right. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, you, you're going to get into a peak state, a peak emotional state and a peak mental state because of your body right? How your body feels and how your body, how your body is energizing you. And that oxygen doesn't hurt by any stretch of the imagination, right? So eliminating entitlement. Yeah, quick, quick. There's a lot in that, but I do think, and there's some cool tools uh, that we have for eliminating entitlement on our website. But, um, but I really feel like part of what's wrong with our country these days is people think they're owed, you know, owed things, right? And so, um, we, we, there's a story in that chapter that I highlight where my older brother, if there's one thing he he's always had, right. Is no one owes me anything. Right. And there, we're post-college buddies. And I we're, we're discussing, you know, what we're going to do, what jobs we're going to have. And, and one of my buddies threw out what he thought he deserved to make. And, mm-hmm. you know, my brother caught, caught wind of that and said, you know, nobody owes you anything. He didn't use the word anything. He used the harsher you know, four letter word, but, um, but, but kind of let my buddy have it. And it was a good lesson for me. And throughout my life going through adversity, no one owes us anything, right? Um, You know, we've got to have a grateful spirit. And it's when we think that we're owed something is when, when we start to weaken as, as people, salespeople, men, women, we weaken when we feel like we're owed and um, we've got to stay tough and we've got to not, and, and not fall into that trap because it's a big pitfall that many fall into. It really is. It's kind of like hanging. It's kind of like when you're in sports, hanging back on your heels versus getting on the balls of your feet, right? You're on the yeah, balls of your yeah. feet because you're ready. If you're hanging back on, on your heels, you're kind of responding. You're kind of receiving, right? Which is not what you want right. to do, especially in football, right? You could get killed right. receiving football, receiving the yeah. hill, right? Um, yeah. Let's talk about Let's talk about responsibilities of a sales rep. Yeah. So, you know, this kind of leads in nicely because I talk about being grateful, right? Being grateful for the opportunity you have, right? Um, you know, most, if you're in a, with a good company, you've got a good thing going on. So be grateful, number one. Um, you know, I, I think there's some other things there that, 
that we've got to bring positivity to the teams we're part of. I talk about my experience as a, as a territory manager where I was just focused just on myself, Mike. And, you know, you make up a pretty small package when you're just focused on yourself and, and we've got to bring field knowledge back to the sales teams that we're a part of, right? Mm -hmm. No one wants to be on a team with a lone wolf. Like we had a guy that was part of our team that you text and you wouldn't hear for hear back from for a week. Mm -hmm. And you're like, really? Like, are you doing that with your customers? Right. right. And so you know, um, that's your standard. And, and that's your standard. Right. <laughs> and, and for me, I quickly learned that I need I, it's my duty, even, you know, whatever organization you're part of to bubble up feedback from the field and be a good, positive teammate. Right. You've got to be a good teammate. You can still be excellent and focused on your business and still be positive and, and bring that to your team. So I really think there, there are things like that, that that are really important to call out in that chapter. Yep, I totally agree. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then the other idea was just sharing ideas, right? You've got to, you've got to be able to share ideas. Don't, don't keep those to yourself. Cause when you share them, just like on our call now, Mike, you sharing ideas with me, I learned, I have a page of notes that, that I, I'm going to go back to, right. It makes you better, Mike, yep. right. It elevates your game when you share yep. and you teach. Yep. So it's not a, it's not a thing where you're giving away your secrets. It's a thing that is actually going to make you better. And I think most reps don't quite understand that, especially early in the game. Yeah, if you, so if you want to master something, I don't care what it is, doesn't matter what it is. It could be underwater basket weaving, right? If you want to right. go out and you want to master something, go teach it, go teach it. So it. I have a massive, and I know you can't tell, but I, I had it well, but I have a massive amount of passion about helping people, right? I am yeah. all about teaching. I'm all about, in you know, mentoring. I'm all about coaching. I'm all about helping them get to where they want to be. And quite honestly, I want them to succeed oftentimes more than they even do. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a real sickness that I have. I'm not joking. Right. But yeah. It's, yeah. it's one of those things where you, when you care that much, okay. When you care that much, you will focus on them and you will pour into them. You'll figure out what they need. Okay. It's just like sales. You'll find out what your teammate needs and you'll pour into them. Yeah. Right. And the so people good. around you that 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 rising tide that lifts all ships. OK, as you rise, as you continue, that tide helps to lift everybody else, too. Yep. OK, we have a thing on our podcast called Mike Time, and it was something that one of our realtors in our Keller Williams office termed herself. She would call me up when she was frustrated and she'd go, I just need five minutes of Mike Time. And I love it. They're absolute lowest, completely frustrated, you know, ready yeah. to quit the whole thing. Right. And we'd get on the phone and we'd talk five minutes, three minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. But we would talk. And by the time we were done, she was all put back together and she was ready to go out and, and take on the world. Right. Yeah. So it's That's important cool. that you realize as a leader in sales that you're not going to succeed as an organization if you don't pour into your people and your people need to know that they need to pour into each other. Yep. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. Incredibly you're, you're spot on. You're speaking my language. Cause that's how I'm passionate about coaching and, and uh, you know, could go on and on about that, but I really do feel like that's that as a, as a sales manager, that's our number one priority is coaching and the no. biggest return on investment. I don't think biggest return on investment is no, is is helping our team win so yeah, totally agree it's cool let's talk about the power of goals 
Yeah. I mean, write them down. I mean, it's, it's, um, it, it's such a powerful thing. Um, some people may feel like this is played out, but I'm a big believer in it. I still have, uh, sticky notes from 2015 when I said, I'm going to be rookie of the year. And I just put rookie of the year by the end of the year, 2015. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, this is way back when, but I still had these proofs, these receipts of how power of goals work. And I've got numerous, and I think there's power because your subconscious, you think about this, right? You write it down and you tell other people you're, you're more likely to achieve those. And so I think write them down. And there's a story, really cool story in there of a guy who won every single year. Mm -hmm. And at some point I was writing my goals weekly and I, and I, in the, the, the light flipped and I said, you know what? I mean, this is a, this is a regular guy, just like me. And I can, I can beat this person right in 2016. And, and, and I went all out. I, I did the things that are in this book and, you know, by, by the grace of God was able to, to win. And I think it was in part because I was consistently writing my goals and, and I quickly realized like, Hey, if someone's going to win, it might as well be me. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I want to encourage others with that. So I had a coach tell me one time, are you, are you about achieving your goals? Or are you committed to it? Which one is yeah. it? Are you are yeah. you about it or are you are you committed to it? And what he said to me was he said, Look, I don't want you writing your goals weekly. I want you writing them twice a day. When you get up in the yeah. morning, I want you to write them down. When you go to bed at night, I want you to write them down. And twice a day I would write my goals down. Do you know I completely smashed through my goals? Oh yeah. I mean, seriously, within six months, I had my annual goals smashed through. And now I was working on the rest of the year. Yeah. Right. I had to, I had to set my bar higher. So yep. something to think yep. about in terms of that. Right. So let's shovel some rocks. Man. I love this chapter. Just kind of talk about um, in this chapter, I came home from about a three day field, right. Kind of like where I'm sitting right now. I was in my truck. I pulled yeah. up and um, you know, quickly realized there were a ton of rocks uh eight you know there i think there were eight tons in in my driveway of river rocks of those little pebbles and i remember just thinking like what is my wife doing right and and she's a consummate like housekeeper right so she's always doing things um and so like i quickly realized that i could let these rocks sit for days and probably get an hoa warning letter right or I could put my ear pods in and, and shovel the rocks. And as I was shoveling those rocks, I quickly realized that shoveling rocks is, is kind of like sales, right? Mm -hmm. you, you, you don't have to be the smartest person. Um, you don't have to be the strongest person, right? right? You just got to have that relentless temperament and, and that never give up spirit that I preach throughout this book yeah. that, you know, when, when life gets difficult, you know, we're going to bite down on that mouthpiece and we're going to shovel the rocks and Perfect. sales is is sales is not a, is not always a glamorous business. Most of the time it's not glamorous. Right. And it's hard work. Most and businesses so, are glamorous. It's life, right? Yeah. Productivity so, itself is not glamorous. You just got to keep going. You just got to put one foot in front of the other and keep after it. Right. Just yeah. keep shoveling. So redefine failure for a second. Yeah. So my, my sweet little Ansley seven right now. And you know, a lot of times at the dinner table, I'll ask her like, Hey, what, what did you fail at today? And she'll always like roll her eyes and say nothing because she's, you know, perfectionist. And but but I'm starting to learn more about myself as I'm being a parent. Right. And I really want our household to be a house kind of like you said earlier in the call of of not um, being afraid to fail. 
right? Yeah. Not set setting our bar too low. And honestly, if if you're not failing, you're probably not trying very hard, right? Like right. we talked about, Mike. Your so, amygdala is um, kicking in, and you're letting it control you. Bingo. Yeah. So yeah. be you. Be you. So this is uh, one of my favorite chapters. Is the last chapter in the book, but um, I'll give you a quick story from that chapter. Uh, Jack, who was my New Orleans rep. Uh, I inherited him on my team uh, in 2019. And this guy, I mean, was funny, was goofy, um, was out there. You know, anyone who wants to live in New Orleans and cover that whole geography, you got to have a special spirit about you. And he definitely had it. And, um, and, but I, but I quickly realized early on our coaching and our, our, our field rides, he was not himself in front of the customers. And I, uh, I, I, at one point we were leaving an account and I just kind of let him have it a little bit in a fun, but productive way. I was like, man, you got to start being yourself. Right. And his face got red. He got really mad at me. Um, you know, and I was kind of like just coaching him with some tough love. Mm -hmm. And after about 20 minutes of being a little mad at me in the car, he he's like, you're right. You know? And, and what we saw with Jack is he went from bottom of, of the field to a top 10 producer by the end of the year. And I saw Jack flip when I empowered him, Jack, be you, right? Don't try to be this buttoned up person that you're not like be fun. Jack cut up, make jokes. And, um, he, he's the type of guy that when I picked him up from field rides, uh, one, when I picked him up one time, he had just gotten done with meeting with a bunch of nurses and was like, John, you should have seen me in there. I should, I should be a game show host. Right. He's a guy that was, uh, he's a, but this job will suffice for now. Right. And he's right. a guy that just brought a lot of humor, a lot of fun. And I really want to empower people, no matter how you're wired, if you're an introvert, that's okay too. If you're extra, be you, right? And live from your identity back to chapter two. And I think you're going to see your sales game take take new heights. So, yeah. so I have a suggestion if it's, if you're okay with it. I, and I know, please imagine. All right. So Tony Robbins, I know I'm a big Tony Robbins fan, but Tony Robbins has a thing called a DISC. It's an assessment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And everybody has their, you know, a combination of, of the D, the I, the S and the C. I don't happen to have a combination of any of those. I'm all D. The I, the S, and the C are all below the line. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we joke that we sent out a search party looking for them a long time ago, and they still haven't come back. Yeah. So the long and the short of it is I know how I'm wired. I know from that assessment, I know how I'm wired, right? And if a lot of your salespeople are going to be what we call I-dominated personality types, right? Their single greatest fear is rejection. Right. So I dominated personality types. You never tell them no, even though they're in a business where they get no all the time. They just right. need to be prepared for the fact that that's their single greatest fear. Right. So with somebody like Jack, I would have sat with him and just said, hey, let me ask you a question. What's holding you back from being yourself in these sales, right. in these in these sales presentations? Right. What's holding you back? Yeah. Right. And we would have had a conversation about whatever it was that he felt like was holding him back. And that's, I do everything with questions. Can you tell? Right. So yeah, it's Socratic just, method, right? Right. I'm just constantly pulling it out of him. You know, yep. I'm constantly pulling it out of him. So, um, so that's yeah, good. you got to be you, man. It's a big, big deal. Yeah, I'm, I'm big. I'm big in the, the DISC, you know, the, the disc profile. I like strength finders a lot. I feel like strength finders are the cheat codes to your team. We talk about that in the book as well. Um, understanding how you're wired 
and and playing to your strengths is so important in sales, right? Yeah, so because if you um, know it going in, if you know it going in, right, you know what you're dealing with because this is talking to you, right? And you're right. having a conversation with yourself. And what you need to be prepared for is, hey, I don't like rejection, but being in sales, I've signed up for this. So I need to work that muscle so I can deal with rejection. I need to work yep. that muscle so I can deal with, I don't like being, you know, time people taking my time. That's what a D is all about, right? Ds are all about being in control and not being taken advantage of and that kind of thing, right? It's also, yep. it also helps them when they can recognize those traits in other people. Yeah. It's good. That's so good, man. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. It's good so, stuff. It definitely helps. Listen, thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Congratulations on the book. I'm so incredibly proud of you. You did a, an you. amazing job with this. It's the best sales book I've read. I am wow. really, really happy with it. And I know you, you have to be right. Yeah, um, you yeah. really thought this through and you put, like I said, you filled a ton of potholes that I've seen in other books. Um, and I'm super, super proud of you, bud. Wow, Mike. Thank you, brother. I can't thank you enough. Um, appreciate your friendship and appreciate you uh, helping me spread the word about this book. I think it's going to help a lot of people. It really will. And if people, if these sales managers are smart, they'll buy a bunch of them and give them to their sales reps. And then they'll teach them out of this book. I'm not joking. Yeah. Thank you. Take means care, a lot. Buddy. All right, brother. Take care. Thanks again. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Mike Litton Experience. If you did, do us a favor, smash that subscribe button, tell your friends, family, and coworkers about our program, and wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a rating. It helps us to connect with quality people just like you. And that's a wrap. Another episode of the Mike Litton Experience in the books. Reach out to Mike on Instagram at Litton Realty. Want to meet with Mike? Check out calendly.com slash Rio 760.